Hello and welcome to another episode of the VR Download, a weekly show broadcast live from the Upload Virtual Studios, where we bring you the latest news, reviews, comments, and interviews from the VR industry. I am your host, Kyle, and I will tell you right now that, Adam, it wasn't my fault we started late today. Okay, so who else Lies. is on the panel today? We got two against one, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was unanimous. Me. It wasn't That's me. That's what unanimous means. Ian Hamilton here. Thank you for joining us. Who's this I see through my binoculars? It's me, Jamie Felder, senior editor of UploadVR.com. Look at that. Awesome. We are going to start off by talking about what we've been doing this week. Just a little chit-chat. Jamie, how's your week been? My week has been long, but it's been a good week. It's been a busy week. Layers of fear... VR on Oculus Quest out today. Little horror game that's adapted from a 2016 uh, PS4 and PC and Xbox One game. Uh, I've been looking at that. That's pretty fun. I mean, Harry didn't like it. He reviewed it on PC uh, end of last year when it came out on um, well, on Steam VR, and it's definitely kind of has its foibles as like a rough port of a kind of well respected. Uh, traditional game uh, the, the the thing is that you explore the mansion of like a painter you take on the role of that painter he's a very unhappy painter he wants to finish his masterpiece but he can't quite get, get it through his mind so he walks through the house and various scary things happen to him I had to, uh, I did a comparison uh, a graphics comparison of the game this week which basically in- included going through the first 20 minutes of the game three times over and there's like a million jump scares in each time so i was just basically scaring the crap out of myself for a good like three hours like yesterday as i was filming that interesting though because uh there was an original port of the game on the google daydream if you remember what that is um back in 2016 called layers of fear solitude and actually i put a little graphics comparison into that and the the graphics on daydream are actually better than the the pc and the uh the quest version because it's i i guess just because they knew people weren't going to be like walking over to assets to like did interact you, with them and stuff bought that again on daydream like it's yeah available to purchase uh yeah 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 no, i dug up my lenovo mirage solo i'd lost the control of that so i had to then go and find my daydream view which i couldn't use with my current pixel 3a because even though it's a google phone they drop support for daydream so i was using my old daydream remote with my with the mirage solo and I bought wow. something in the store. So I'm sure the people that made the game are like, what? Someone someone bought this? It was me. One purchase. It was me. Yeah. Look, you're out there also, in the comments. Oh, you were the one. Yeah. Also, Kyle, I need to file an expense report when we're done. For a daydream <laughs> game. Yeah. Mm. 2020. That's Which amazing. I didn't get permission to buy. <laughs> I've not heard that name. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. How about you, Ian? What have you done this week? Yeah, so I did two cool things. Uh, last week, it was actually when I did it, but I had to hold it till uh, the embargo lifted. But The Tempest, mm-hmm. I did The Tempest from the under. Oh, yeah. So got cool. a preview of that, and that's out today. So those showings start today. You can buy those. I think the tickets cost $15. It's only on Rift or Quest, so the Steam version of the game is sort of left out of the party for now. Uh, and it seems like it's an Oculus-funded exclusive, so I don't know if that's going to change. But it was magical and different and, you know, a little 
you know, it's awkward because, you know, the, the actor is performing around VR and with, you know, controllers in their hands as well, uh, I assume. And, mm-hmm. but it's still, uh, so a, a couple of years ago, I did the Princess Bride. I, I went to see the rec room performance of the Princess Bride. And that was just a bunch of fans of the Princess Bride getting together, building out sets in rec room. And then performing a version of a play like molded for VR. And this was completely different from that. This was like, Mm. this is a professional production with a professional actor actually doing this thing. And it was just really, 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 really cool to kind of like go from scene to scene. There's voice changing in there for the actor. So the actor can be like a spirit that's uh floating above you using the scale of vr to show them towering above you i think that's the example in the screenshot over there Mm. and you go through various scenes from the tempest and you're kind of like employed by this actor to go through various actions so at one point i'm like pulling the pulling the ropes for a ship to try to keep it in sails and it's i'm not actually pulling ropes i'm just told by the actor imagine that you're pulling the ropes of a ship and so i have to do this whole pantomime thing exactly Mm. like i'm doing now but there's lightning flashing overhead and you've got the sounds of a storm in your ears and it's like this entire thing plays out as much as it does in your imagination as it does in vr around you and i think that's the romantic of the thing is with an actor sort of making this fun and interesting for you and, and sort of building out part of the part of the scene in your head it just works it works really well uh to kind of have this experience in vr and that was it's, really really neat it's interesting that you you mentioned the word awkward because i mean like to be honest like the idea of it does like terrify me like going to interact with you know a professional actor and kind of like having my own part in it even if it's miming was and do you feel like it did it was an awkward like experience right the way through or was it like you were just a bit nervous about it before going in and then you eventually settled into it because i mean one of my favorite things about the underpresents is that it's a social hub with that where the player can't speak and actually kind yeah. of removes a lot of that element you know it's a combination of things and it's kind of like I, i've been trying to put my finger on it but there's a one moment where i'm sitting there and i'm like the the actor kind of tells you can kind of act like a spirit like a wavy spirit and, I, and I'm doing this thing and trying to float around. And you've got these avatars. And there's this moment where you're doing this whole thing. And you're like, I look like an idiot from outside <laughs> VR, right? And it hits you like the more like an idiot you are and the more you forget that you're in the real world, you're in VR. Like that's that's when VR is working, right? When mm-hmm. The more like stupid you look in the real world, uh, the more it's kind of having that effect in your brain of transporting you to this other place. Um I feel bad about using the word awkward. It's like, I would say it's no more awkward than any kind of, uh, I can't think of the word when you make up or acting on the spot. Uh, Oh, improv. improv, Yeah. Improv. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's no more awkward than any kind of improv situation because this actor is trying to almost see through VR to understand where you're getting stuck. Cause you got to grab things and you got to go to certain places to, to do things. And so he's mm. got to kind of put together the pieces in his head of like, 
what exactly is this person thinking right now? And so they got to improv on top of that. And that's the only kind of awkwardness I would really mm-hmm. express. Has there. anybody taken this concept and done Rocky Horror Picture Show? It feels like an obvious choice for a stage mm. type of experience. Shakespeare to cool. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. It speaks to the idea of like, there's so much going on with VR performing arts right now and, and VR art in general, like everything that's happening in the more, especially with lockdown, people have really been forced to innovate in some really, really interesting ways. And I, I feel like the underpresents is like right at the heart of that in some really interesting ways as well. But I also can't wait to see, I mean, the, the developers of it, Tenderclaws, do such fascinating work. I really can't wait to see what they even learn from even this. And they're like, okay, yeah. for our next thing, what do we do if we want to build further towards this? What could that be? Hmm. Yeah, this, interesting. the other thing I was going to bring up that I tried was uh, the Waltz of the Wizards new hand tracking update, which was amazing. So they've got, yeah, they've got Palpatine's electricity fingers, which you can just shake your hands a bunch and zap the things around you. But like this was the like that's that's the eye catching thing that they added. But the other thing is they added a slingshot that works on your fingers, where you just hold out your pinky. I can't show my pinky with the controller in my hand. There it is. Yeah, there. There we go. There's the slingshot. And then uh, the <laughs> slingshot extends. The fingers extend as soon as you make this movement. And you can grab with your other finger, grab the imaginary magical uh, projectile and pull back the slingshot and fire it off. And it works really well because there's people out there like Kiefer God and other apps that are trying to do the finger gun thing where you kind of mm. like pull your finger like a trigger or some yeah. other finger gun motion and it doesn't really work none of them have worked this really worked for me it really hmm. was cool hmm. it's cool fun yeah so i have uh our house has been all about echo arena uh this past week um we've already had an injury uh <laughs> i i heard the deafening sound of ow and I went, oh boy, yeah. So little, little finger injury, no big deal. Um, you know, if if the game ever comes out in in a in a box at a retail store, it should come with a pack of band aids, I think. Uh, but no, re- realistically, the, the 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 key takeaway for me is I had my children change the size of their guardian. And bring it in mm. about a foot and a half more in because they just trace along the wall and along, yeah. and, and that's just not good. So as a best practice, I recommend drawing your guardian a little bit further away from the wall so you have a and little bit more warning. There's a sensitivity setting too that I think you could tweak to make it mm-hmm. a little bit safer too. Yeah, there's um, this is actually something I've been thinking about. I don't know if, and Heaney will probably know, if in a recent update they got rid of the warning on quest where if you draw it and it's below the minimum uh recommendation for how big an area should be it tells you and i i feel like maybe they got rid of that recently i could be wrong because i have I, not seen that in a while yeah i always feel like that they replaced it with the objects warning heaney god ah. tells us from that update a couple of um a couple of months ago i think but I, I actually, I'm kind of glad that's gone because I always felt that was actually very discouraging. Like you just spent four hundred dollars or pounds on this giant, flashy new headset. You draw, you get into your space, you draw it out for the first time. And they're like, "Yeah, that's not big enough." 
It's yeah. like, oh, okay. The thing that's, I love that you brought up Echo Arena because the thing about that is it's not always just the walls are an issue for me. You really need floor, you need ceiling clearance mm-hmm. in that game because, like, if you have a hanging chandelier or, you know, a fan coming down from your roof and you reach, that game so encourages you to reach that just extra inch for the disc. And it's so easy to hit something if, if there's anything high in your fall. Yeah, I haven't thought of that myself. If one of my kids accidentally hits the ceiling, I'll be impressed. But yeah, <laughs> as, a, as an adult, absolutely. Congratulations, you're going for basketball camp. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The real yeah. queen of winner. So uh, we do not have a social person today. So I'm just going to do the social lean. I don't know we how decided- this looks on camera but uh, we decided to let harry sleep yeah it is it is 6 36 where he is <laughs> right so i will be looking over to see uh it looks like everything's good so far yeah people always ask every episode well where where are we recording this in what app is this this is let me grab my the, the upload virtual studios <laughs> is proprietary uh one of our folks heaney made this and it's Quite robust and awesome. I mean, you guys only see this part, but, you know, there's other parts as well. It's it's growing. It's evolving. We have controllers in our hand today. Uh, that is leading up to something new. So stay I'm tuned. So You're not going to want to miss. I'm not going to say you don't want to miss next week because I don't want to promise anything. But soon, very soon. Hey, what do you say we get into the news, guys? Yeah, let's do it. Busy week. Are you, sh- are you sure? All right, so first piece of news we have today is about Rockstar. AAA open world VR game is in development at LA Noir VR Studio. Yeah, who wants to talk about that? So I'll I'll fill that one um, on LinkedIn last weekend. Um, Video Games Deluxe, which is a very weird name for a studio, a Sydney-based game developer that. Uh, handled the VR port of L.A. Noire back in 2017. Of course, L.A. Noire is like a 2011 Rockstar game. Uh, came came to PC headsets at the end of 2017 uh, to PSVR, I want to say late last year. Um, tweeted out on LinkedIn that they were hiring because they're making a AAA open world video game for Rockstar, which is a very, very surprising thing to just casually put out there on LinkedIn. And naturally, the second I saw that, I was like, okay, that has to be on the website in the next five minutes. Um, uh, we reached out to Rockstar as well. Rockstar said they didn't have any additional comment for the story. Uh, it's also very important to point out that members of Video Game Deluxe uh, worked on the original L.A. Noir itself, including the game's uh, overall creative director slash figurehead, I guess you want to say. So this isn't this isn't just a bunch of like you know no names like maybe being a bit hyperbolic. This is a properly trusted and long-standing group of employees working with Rockstar, making you know using two very specific terms that have a lot of weight and cadence with Rockstar. Open, no one does open world games like Rockstar, and no one really does AAA like Rockstar because they because they have franchises like Grand Theft Auto, I was going to say Grand Turismo, they have Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead, they can afford to take years and years and years of their games and make huge worlds that are ridiculously detailed. Um, and the question is, what are they going to do 
next in VR? Is it going to be another port, which a lot of people say? Obviously, a lot of people want GTA 5 in VR. Or is it going to be something entirely new? I'm kind of hoping it's something entirely new. Dr. Mario effect. Uh, no. <laughs> I do. No. I do. That's not what I want, Kyle. It, it exists I don't want that now. I've said it. It's out there in the world. Okay. I mean, I'm thinking it. about it. I just don't want Rockstar to do it. Okay. Um, I want it to be L.A. Noir 2. I'm just going to say it. Mm. I know. I know a lot of people don't agree with me on that, but L.A.R. was kind of like a trouble game for Rockstar at the end of the day. A lot of people thought it was going to be like GTA, but you play as the police. And it was actually much more of a slow burn. Uh, even though it had an open world, it wasn't so much about going anywhere and exploring whatever you wanted to. It was it was very much a game about doing individual cases one at a time. But so much, and, and we saw this in L.A.R., the VR case files, so much of what is intrinsic to that game makes so much sense in VR, like face-to-face interrogations where you have to read your uh i guess your opponent's face uh to check for emotions see if they might be lying uh you know like and then the usual stuff like shootouts like 1960s era shootouts and like fisticuffs and a whole bunch of really really interesting like detective work to do as well i would love to see a native uh vr sequel to la noir personally la noir even noirer it, mm. Noir? Oh. Is that LA Noir Vice City. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of it boils down to, I think, whoever is paying for it. If it's Rockstar just doing its own thing, or if Sony or Oculus pay for it. I, it's hard for me to imagine Oculus yeah. wanting the kind of PR that would come with a GTA uh, in mm. VR. Very I true. I imagine Sony being willing to make Sony that would, happen. Sony could like just break the bank on that if they wanted to sell people on psvr2 very very quickly right like that like i've been writing a lot recently about like how you know psvr is winding down we're all excited about what psvr2 could bring to the table but they really do have to prove their commitment to the platform with some really really huge uh content and this is definitely one of those things that would fit that bill right along with like the idea of like another resident evil or another gran turismo a rockstar vr game would be amazing and also don't forget that like i said uh the most recent thing to happen in the world of rockstar vr was that this team ported the game to psvr2 which was i think was something everyone thought probably wouldn't happen um because it's an ambitious port but i feel like maybe that could have been laying the groundwork for something to come so i think sony is a very very good guess even if it ends up being like a timed exclusive exclusive or something like that hmm interesting so kind of silly to think about how many people how many years people would play gta 5 if it wasn't vr like that game's already been oh yeah the the mods the market leader yeah (laughs) the mods for that game are already like some of the most popular things we uh write about um i if i mean as much as i want la noir 2 if it was gta 5 or red dead 2 which again i've also written about that i actually stopped playing the original red dead redemption 2 because there was so much clumsy control scheming to that game that i would accidentally aim guns at people's chests and they'd run away and it just felt like so much more like well you know if there was a if i had a gun holster i'd know instinctively not to point a gun at an npc or something like that um so whatever it ends up being i'll be very 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 excited to see it but that's 
And Heaney God just pointed out to us uh, very excellently that a while ago we wrote a story that there was a companion app for Red Dead Redemption 2 that did make reference to uh, Oculus, I think, in some way. Um, I remember that. That was around the launch of the game. Did a lot of, Got a lot of interest for that. Could well be Red Dead 2 in VR. Also, that would make more sense in terms of like not spending all the money ever. <laughs> not on that headset, it won't be. Yeah, the... Well, it should still run. It, well, yeah, it's still it run be, on the original. It'll right? be terrible, but yeah. The, the, the thing I love about that idea is the the thinking about the online interactions that could happen in Red Dead Redemption Two would be like it would be fun to find a VR per like if you're playing on the flat screen version, you'd find a VR person. The VR person would emote themselves so well with a full body avatar. Yeah, it'd exactly. Be really fun to interact with them. Mm. Yeah, no, they have like so. They've done amazing work with like I think it's called Euphoria, the physics system they use. Although maybe that's maybe that's a bit dated now. Maybe they've updated past that. Um, they build they build real believable worlds so much to the point that they are actually you know they are pushing up against the limits of what can be done with a traditional gamepad. And it does feel like in a lot of ways VR control might be a necessary next step for them in many ways. I think that's a valid point to bring up. Some of these interactions in some of these games, pushing a button to do sequence of movements and stuff, it yeah. just it detracts. It it takes yeah, you out of sure. the story for sure. Yeah. Well, cool. All right. Well, uh, we Adam, look forward to. Yeah, go ahead. Adam Hartzell suggested manhunt, which would be. I definitely don't think Oculus would want to be tied to a manhunt VR game. Uh, Bully could be quite an interesting one. Bully was a PS2 era kind of similar to gta but it was set within a boarding school and instead of murdering people you cause mischief uh state of emergency that's a deep cut in the in the rockstar games catalog that i mean that would be really really cool uh ken rico says i think an official gta would be sweet and driving and shooting in first person would be fun absolutely agree with that um yeah huh yeah uh it, it... That that comment reminds me of how much fun I had playing London Heist for the first time. Mm-hmm. I mean that that is a when I played the demo originally, that they were like, "Oh, this isn't a real game. This is just a, a demonstration that they yeah. were showing at at shows and whatnot." Wow, I said, "If you guys don't make this a full game, that's ridiculous." And they gave us a a decent title out of it. I think Blood and Truth. Yeah, I think Blood and Truth is really really good. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, you know, those guys are working on something else in VR now as well. Like, are they going to go next level? Are they going to go open world, kind of maybe full on the getaway VR or whatever, like a full London simulator would be really, really cool. I'm curious how long it'll take for the term open world to just become the metaverse or whatever it is, uh, the Oasis. Yeah. Uh, because the idea of open world, you don't hear that used a lot with vr you hear it's like oh it's their metaverse yeah but you still hear open world and screener games or, or, so or like curious like an extension of like facebook horizon right like you just you just walk through a door from horizon and you're into gta and that's yeah kind of what you see it as that's that's an interesting I mean, way I of looking at antici- it i fully anticipate that that horizon you just walk through a door and into a game and if they don't have that you should think about that. That's why it's so delayed. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really easy to imagine, yeah, the, the portal or whatever having a loading screen, right? Right like the, the arch this loading screen or something. When it 
fully goes, then you can go into that world because that's that really is how they could interconnect those worlds. Yeah, you could just walk into a 360 stereo 360 image that's rendered out, and then it just you sit there and you wait for it to load. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. All right, let's move on to the next piece of news. So this one's kind of fun. We're going to Valve land here. Valve cancels Vader VR headset, and it would have cost. Well, just $5,000, no big deal. Who who wants to you take this one, Ian, or Jamie? <laughs> this one was really cool, yeah. Uh, Jamie, you, you, read it, you read it a little bit more directly, but this was amazing detail to get out of Jeff Keighley's book, our mm. VR book. What would you call it? Uh, An interactive. interactive app. Yeah, interactive app. Oh, we lost Kyle. Hopefully he comes back. Yep. Um, <laughs> the, uh, it was $5,000. I still want it, right? Like, I Oh, God, still, yeah. Yeah. But so so what what happened in the app was um, they were talking about like kind of this gulf of time between when Half Life Two Episode Two came out uh, and when Half Life Alex came out earlier this year, which is obviously a gap of thirteen years. And something we'll talk about in a bit is there are some cancelled Half Life VR projects that were in that time, and also as they were making the decision to kind of step away from HTC on the on the hardware front of VR, um, a path which obviously would ultimately lead them to the in- index. Even though index is such a premium headset, it sounds like they were originally going for something that was like, well, I mean, index cost a thousand a thousand dollars. This was going to cost five thousand dollars, so five times more premium <laughs> than the index. Like the super 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 high end. I, I mean, you'd probably guess that was something like getting close to like a Vajo level headset there weren't any specs for what it would include but you'd have to assume like pristine visual clarity some ridiculous extra features that they probably had to pair back from the knuckles controllers right um maybe the wireless wireless i I, 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 I would love to know whether that thing had wireless or not that would be an amazing thing to know definitely makes sense it's not difficult to consider because i remember when i was younger I would say, okay, if I were to build the dream PC, like based on all the bleeding edge stuff right mm. now, what would that computer cost me? And it was always like ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000. It was always something ridiculous and unobtainable. Is this what they did with this headset? It said, okay, if we made the most highest end thing we could do, what would it look like? I mean, was there even ever a real desire to release something like that? It's it seemed like it, I guess. I I don't know. I it it it's very interesting to think about what would have changed their mind, other than obviously the five thousand dollar price tag. They um, someone sane inside Valve must have looked at that and been like, "Look, I know we make, I I know we'd make all the money back in no time because of Steam, single handedly." But no, you can't do this. But. Was it was it looking at the way the VR market's going? Was it looking at like the prospect of Quest and Go and and the popularity of PSVR, or was it that they you know they just thought the index was a middle ground, even though it's still very much the high ground? Yeah, that's fat. that's the, I love that way of framing it, and I wonder what they learned from shipping index. Right? It, mm. It's it's actually a significant percentage of Steam VR is index. It's like over ten yep. percent, I think, thirteen or something. It Maybe might be that. Can correct me. Uh, that's not an insubstantial amount for a thing that costs a thousand dollars just for the the unit. And I'm wondering, we keep thinking about this from the Oculus angle of of 
it's very clear that Oculus is going to widen their Quest line. Like, that's clearly the way to go. Maybe go to the high end, maybe also go to the low end mm. in order to sort of offer more options to more people. But I wonder if that same thing could have been proven out for Valve on the index side of things, that maybe there's even room to go up from index or down from index. Well, isn't that what the, I mean, we're going to talk about this in a second as well, but isn't that what the reverb G2 is in, in, to some extent, right? They partnered with them very heavily on that to the point where reverb G2 is like the skeleton or the skeleton even of an index with different parts swapped out and cheaper it, that, yeah that, that brings up an interesting cheaper. point was the index meant to be a reference model yeah I, I, what i yeah. remember it was so funny i remember being back at valve hq and talking to their people and i'm like how did you get the name for index and i got this answer like oh, it was the result of an internal discussion and you know something very 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 vague and like uh I really wonder if that's what index is like. Like, like that's literally the name of index. Is like this is supposed to be uh, a reference for where we think VR should be. Mm. Ah, see, and then that's what Oculus should name the next quest. They should name it the glossary to combat against. Well, that. did you bring this whole thing up just to get to that joke? Of course, Ian. Oh, don't you know me? But- yeah, I do. <laughs> but, I suspected it. That actually, that actually brings up a really, really good point that. This thing was codenamed Vader, and as you pointed out uh, on Slack earlier, all the Oculus rumors about the next controller call it the Jedi controller. So at some point, uh, they were probably both working on Vader and Jedi and did one name the other uh, that because one sees themselves the dark to the light or something like that. Uh, <laughs> so, see, it sounds to me like they're trying to force the issue. Oh... If you had to call, um, oh, this is a, oh, maybe I shouldn't ask that actually. I was going to say, if you had to call uh, Valve or uh, Facebook, one of them you have to call Vader, yeah. one of them you have to call Jedi, I which like, one would you I choose? like that question. Yeah. The thing that gets me is I remember. Who is the new um, hope? Remember when uh, Palmer Lucky left Oculus, he posted some tweets, uh, more or less embracing. The idea that he was struck down like, uh, who was it, Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah, yeah, Stronger yeah. than ever before. It's kind of like, it's an overused um, yeah. analogy in tech to kind of like envision yourself as a Star Wars hero or villain. That's kind of like, yeah, you've got to, and I, I, can, I, I don't think any of these folks would, I don't, I don't like those analogies at I'll all. Just, yeah, well, just basically on, on a much more surface level, you could look at the index and understand how someone might codename that Vader. You guys ready to move <laughs> on to the next piece of news? Yes. Yes, please do. All right. Okay. So as Jamie referenced earlier, the HP Reverb G2 pre-orders start listing in Europe, UK, and New Zealand. I kept the UK and Europe separate. <laughs> I, I saw, I was going to bring that up. I was like, who wrote this? So we knew they were going to bring the pre-orders uh, to other territories later on from the US, which was, I mean, that was like two months ago, month and a half ago now that they did the uh, US pre-orders. We're very, very, very excited about the reverb. Ian is now going to give you a visual demonstration of what interests him. Oh, he's comparing the <laughs> controllers right now. I see very yeah. good. They don't yeah, okay. have the capacitive buttons. That's the big no, difference, they right? So, no, they don't. So you can't do this. It's very true. And how we will miss that feature. Um, 
<laughs> but the interesting thing about this is uh, when I wrote the story on Tuesday, um, the, the UK page actually wasn't up yet. And HB is very, very specifically partnered with about, well, I think just one retailer per region um, for the headset. And in the UK, it, it's a company which I had actually never heard of called System Active. But if you go on their website, they actually basically exclusively deal HP and Lenovo products. And so they're very, very, very well connected with HP. Uh, and their pre-order page is very, very explicit in saying this thing is shipping uh, September 15th. Uh, I reached out to HP. They said we haven't said anything beyond fall at this point. But given the the connection there and the fact there's even a there's even a countdown on the page... There might be a, it might be a very good indication that indeed September is when this thing is going to launch, and I I gotta I'm really 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 excited about this thing personally. Yep. I'm ready to upgrade from a Rift S. Is this a Windows mixed reality headset? Yes. Yep. Okay. Sort of like a new generation of their tracking technology. They had to have uh, some cooperation yeah. from Microsoft in order to support those well, extra cameras. Right, but is Microsoft even? pushing WMR headsets at all. I mean, those, well, those no. controllers are very obviously the upgraded version of the WMR controllers. But is this the only thing that's current right now? Do you know, that's a great question, because if I go to the Microsoft Store, as I look through my nasal gap, as they describe it, and I search, what am I going to search? I'm going to search HP Reverb. I mean... Yeah, not even the original HP Reverb. The, the, the Odyssey Plus page went dark, it seemed, and we reached out to Samsung to, to get details there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's one of these things where uh, if you roll back the timer and go two years, there was a lot of push by Microsoft and their partners for these headsets. And it, it continues to kind of floor me that Oculus Quest is now outstripping the usage of these headsets, <laughs> the original headsets on on, on Steam. So there's more Quest mm -hmm. being used on Steam than all of the old Windows MR headsets. And this thing can breathe life into Windows MR, but there's nothing to talk about with wireless with this yet. I really yeah. hope that there's some kind of either Microsoft or even a Valve wireless, wireless solution to take this thing. Uh, HP, of course, makes the PCs, so they are pitching backpacks that you could hook up to this thing. Yeah. And mm -hmm. powering, uh, of course, location-based VR experiences with that. Yeah. D does this headset have a removable, replaceable cable? Can you unplug the cable? Uh, yeah, it plugs directly into does, the back right? of the headset. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Well, that's good because some of the headsets that don't have that, their wireless solution is going to be a big coil of stuff. Uh, but if you can mm. unplug that and plug a different cable in, you can maybe have the wireless solution be top of your head like uh, like the Vive Pro wireless mm. solution. I mean, if you if you look at the, uh, the strategy they've gone with for uh, these pre-orders, I don't think anywhere like kind of mainstream has a pre-order for this. It's Seems very much of a case of this being an enterprise headset that they are just also letting other people buy, much like the Vive Pro was, right? Like, um, but you know, at six hundred bucks, this thing could have like that kind of early generation PC VR life with the benefit of a much more robust ecosystem than we had back in twenty sixteen, and you know, the chance to play Half Life Alex on this thing just 
makes me drool. I mean, I haven't tried it. I don't know if it's any good well, yet. But yeah, so the thing, but the other thing I was going to bring up about the original headsets is like I really didn't like the two camera tracking, and lots of people thought, oh, God, you no. know, it's it's convenient and it's going to have a a market all itself. And I just think the market has kind of proven two isn't going to cut it. Yeah. Um, by and large, you need more uh, tracking volume than that. And I, yeah. I think that's significant. I think that's a, an important moment to sort of reflect and say, okay, let's let's make sure that the headsets are a little bit more premium than only two, I, two tracking cameras. That word right there, premium, that, that's the right word to use because I feel like two camera headsets uh, can become the light or budget version where it's good mm. enough but not premium. And then you can get some lower end, uh, more affordable uh, cost sensitive headsets out there and give people, uh, you know, a, a good place to start. Well, that, I, that cheaper mm. version of the cosmos that's coming, meant to be coming out later this year, although we haven't heard about it in months that goes from six to four. Um, where I think that's like a $400 headset, maybe $500. I can't remember now because they changed mm. the price before they'd even announce it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if two, I don't know if there's a feature for two, personally anymore no, I, I think, feel like i think that's kind of like the the moral of the story and it's one of the things i read in one of the early vr books uh, i think it was from jeremy valenson was uh there's research out there that shows how important tracking is compared to all the other features of a headset and like if you can improve by any amount it's huge to the end user and i think mm. that's kind of like what the market is pulling out is that the better the tracking the more complete the tracking the more people mm. are willing to pay and the more people that will actually adopt it and come into it. And if, you know, this, this headset tried to, and these, the original controllers tried to do the two, the two camera thing and they tried to go towards a low end of price. And I think, you know, Rift and Rift S and yeah, I love this. Yeah. This is the, the volume difference between only having two cameras and being able to track the area in front of your head. Oh, but Alex Kidman having, didn't like that. Do you remember? Yeah. The, I do. Yeah, they they do a lot of guessing. So there's they've been improving yeah. the tracking algorithms to sort of account for uh, when it's out of that volume, sort of guessing as to your location, or at least holding on to sort of like a good approximation for a couple of seconds. But as mm. we found time and time again, Beat Saber, you miss a note. Game like Echo Arena, where you got to reach behind you, it matters. Yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah. Adam Hartzell uh, says the four cameras are weirdly placed. They should have taken a page out of Oculus Playbook uh, and put them on the edges for more camera coverage um, and uh, said apparently there are blind spots directly above and below based on uh, okay. another coverage of it earlier this week. Then why not 12 cameras? 20 cameras. Are, are we going to get to that point? When it's cheap enough. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've I also, mean, fantastic camera placement. Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, I've got like a, I've got the Pico Neo, which has the electromagnetic tracking, uh, and there's lots to still dive in there. And uh, but it's an interesting idea that you, maybe you don't need to go to 20 cameras in order to get complete coverage. Um, and obviously, when you go hands or even smaller controllers, like you need to if you want to track hands. Um, do you need to project light out of the headset in order to track the hands in any lighting condition? Or are you just mm. going to assume that people are going to be in a well-lit place in order to track the hands? 
So I have a lamp, uh, a, a floodlight that I purchased for my uh, VR room that I can turn every light off and be in complete and total pitch black and have that light on and it's IR. It's not visible light and it works like a dream. So all they'd have to do is have a couple IR flashlights sticking down that be or in every direction maybe. I don't know. Of course, if you took a picture of that with the wrong camera, you'd look like your head was glowing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's all sorts of possibilities. <laughs> all right. See ya. Hopefully September. Let's move on to the next piece of news. It looks like Ready Player Two, the sequel to Ready Player One, is coming out soon. Releasing yeah. this November. Yay. Yeah. You think, I have two questions right off the bat. Number one, uh, will, will, will Will Wheaton be the person <laughs> reading it? And number two, <laughs> is, is this president? denoting the possibility of a Ready Player Three? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't we know. talk about this. We'll have to, we'll have to see it. <laughs> All right. So I don't know. I'm curious what our commenters, you know, how they're rallying against or for this book. Well, I, it'll probably take a second or two. Dolph, yeah. Dolph Lily Vince says uh, they still haven't seen Ready Player One, but they want to. Seen or read it? Uh, seen. But I'd, I'd imagine if you're saying you haven't seen it, you also haven't read it. Yeah. I enjoyed the book. Uh, it's a guilty, kind of like a guilty pleasure type thing where like uh, Da Vinci Code is not a well-written book, but I oh, really, yeah. really enjoyed that book. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that All right. Yeah. There's two of us. Good, Ian. It's um, a- <laughs> that, those bo- these books get a lot of really bad, like people are like, oh, it's just you know, massaging ego and pop culture, blah, blah, blah. And honestly, I read for the entertainment and the first Mm. book, Ready Player One, really entertained me. Now, sure, the movie was... I saw a Steven Spielberg interview, and he said that when he made the movie, he had to help Ernest Cline find the movie inside of the book inside of the story and i'm like well okay that explains a lot of the changes they made but ernest klein said that ready player two is a sequel to the book not Mm -hmm. the movie and i think that that's important Mm -hmm. for those of us who actually like to read occasionally still so i mean i don't want to get in i don't want to get too deep into this i suppose since it it is so divisive out there but like i found the we live in a society where memes and references to pop culture really do drive a lot of the conversation like you kind of have to have a wealth of knowledge about pop culture and references and the latest memes to kind of have a conversation online uh in a lot of respects and i kind of respect the book for picking that trend out uh Mm. pretty early even though people kind of like are sick of the, the the 80s nostalgia uh, you know, holding on a pedestal. Um, I think Overwatch that's the, cameos. the thing. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's a good. That's that. a good. That's a good observation, Ian. That this did sort of uh, the first book came out, and the whole uh, obsession that we all have with pop culture is is really predominant in the plot to the first movie and, and and that was a little prophetic i guess to see that coming the way that it did 
uh, I actually, you know, to your point, Ian, too, uh, I have my, my two older daughters are adults. They've moved out. And I have a Facebook message thread going on with them where all we do is talk with memes. That's mm. all we do is talk with pop culture references. And it's just fun. It doesn't have to mean anything. It's just novel. It's entertainment. And yeah. if you're trying to read something profound out of these books, you're reading them for the wrong reasons, I think. Uh, unless you're an HTC uh, executive, in which case you're highly dependent on uh, you're highly dependent on this book to sell your headsets. Um, also, uh, interesting point to uh, point out is that the original wasn't it like in the early days of Oculus, all the new employees they gave a copy of the original book and were like, "I always thought that was such a weird thing because it's like, isn't this kind of dystopian? Do you really want to sell them on this?" But okay. Well, didn't they give out copies of it at yeah, they did. Connect they like, oh, 2, I think I it was? That. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. It was, so, it, what's important to remember is the timing, right? The book came out in 2011, and then Oculus was founded in 2012. And so it sort of, the timing worked out really well for kind of like a lot of people to see this. Mm. A world where VR headsets take over. Um, the... I think of uh, upload the TV show on Amazon, right? Where uh, Greg Daniel said the show, the, the future is, this is a middle topian vision of the future. It's not a dystopia. It's not a utopia. It's kind of in the middle and ready player one. And even the movie was like similar in the respect that it's not, um, it's definitely dystopia. It's more towards the bad end of things. Like there was a, the whole other half of the book is, how beautiful or eye-opening you know this metaverse vision mm. oasis vision could be what a release it could be from all the bad things out there i guess is what kind of the picture was and i'd be curious to see if klein is able to get into some of the things people sort of complained about in the first one i don't know did either of you two read armada nope i did about six pages Oh damn! That says even more than not having read it. Yeah, I didn't either. (laughs) I didn't either. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, Uh, Kate Kate Batter says the glorification of '80s music was justified. So, (laughs) that's a very good point. That's a very good point, Kate Batter. Can argue with that. Yeah. Um, The the final thing that I want to say about this is uh, Ready Player One beats Snow Crash. In my opinion, don't add. That's what me. it's called, yeah. Don't add. I made it eight pages into it and then read the Wikipedia. Read the Wikipedia. What, Snow page. Crash? Oh, yeah, I actually. It's fun to read those stories, yeah. Wikipedia pages, because you get like. I saw someone mention this. 500 pages. The whole premise of the book without having to read 300 yeah. pages of. Fluff. Yeah. It's like Cliff Snails. Fluff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cliff Snails. I wish they thought of that before they came out with the Bible. Anyway. In the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I guess if that's all we have for the news, we can jump into the hot topic here since we kind of already did our release of the week because we talked about it earlier in the show. Uh, the hot topic is what if Half-Life 3 isn't VR? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Right. We need sound effects, Heaney. I need, I need a... <laughs> buttons to push oh, that should be really cool jamie do you want to start 
Yeah, so this again stems from uh, the Jeff Keighley uh, Half-Life Alex final hours thing that we were talking about a bit earlier. Um, another story we wrote attached to that was that uh, in the in the years leading up to when they started developing Alex, they also worked on a couple of other cancelled Half-Life games, um, including they were going to have a demo, uh, a shooter demo in the lab, uh, and then they were they were actually building something that sounded way more like a more ambitious kind of Half-Life 3. They're actually doing that twice. Once was not in VR. The second time was in VR, but it didn't get very far. Um, but then it, it, there's a whole big section on the making of the game. And then at the very end, they talk about, obviously, because it's Valve, what Valve is going to do next. And obviously, that's a question. Everyone asked Valve um, when we got to do rounds of interviews around the release of Alex. Uh, and they were saving the kind of like actual answer for this. It seems like, and the the interesting thing they were saying is that there is a a lot of interest in the company in tackling Half Life Three, but not in VR. So it does seem like there is a very real possibility that they do it. And uh, spoilers, uh, let's give everyone like a five second spoiler warning, though I won't go too badly into it. One, two, for Alex, three. Four, five. Uh, Nobody's watching anymore. They all left. The the end of Alex certainly suggests that there's going to be a Half-Life 3. Um, And, you know, the fact, if you you see that ending, it's actually a very bold bit of VR storytelling. And to me, it suggested that there is going to be a Half-Life 3 and they're going to continue with VR. But wait a minute. Isn't Half-Life Alex a prequel? That's a spoiler. That's, That's... that's a spoiler. Oh, that's a, that's a spoiler. Anyway, don't, we already gave him the spoiler warning. Kyle, have you played Half-Life Alex? I have. That's why I was trying to figure out. Okay, never mind. Anyway, no, you haven't. You're a liar. Yes, I have. <laughs> I haven't finished it. No, I, I will admit I never finished it. All right, well, I okay. kind of spoiled it. I got, to the, I got to the end and I went and I noped out of it. And I have yet <laughs> to go back to try to fit, finish. So I will do so. Or you could just watch the playthroughs on UploadVR.com. Yeah, um, I'd rather experience it. Anyway, it's it's a very, very, very interesting uh, discussion because if that's what they do, does that mean Valve is done with VR? Does that mean they say yeah, VR didn't go the way we want it to? Is it an admission? Or does it mean that maybe they actually work on a game that is kind of a halfway house and can be played on the screen and in VR? Yeah, um, like, I think about that. Like That's exactly what I was thinking about as you were getting into this. And it's they've already held half-life out half-life three on a pedestal like valve itself is like we've got to get this right mm. the community would not allow anything that isn't almost Perfect. game-changing for yeah uh to, to be out there and you think about making a game that works in both vr and out of vr of that magnitude are they putting it out of you know decades away again mm. Because it's just so hard to imagine a game that, that can meet all of those needs. Mm. And I don't know. I think they obviously they disappointed a lot of PC fans by making Half-Life Alex in VR. I yeah. guess it's much easier for them to make the VR fans upset by making Half-Life 3 only in PC. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't necessarily think uh, that if they went with just PC only, it would actually be such a a hugely damning blow to VR. I do think a lot of people would publicize it that way, but I do think, I do think there's almost 
you know, I I have friends that are massive, massive Half-Life fans and just can't get into VR for whatever reason. Like, it, I've got one friend in particular that's really, really struggled with the fidelity of headsets and the, the clarity visually. So, you know, he came around a weekend to play Alex and it was just a massive struggle for him, essentially. And, the, you know, it's a legitimate gripe that someone that played Half-Life 1, Half-Life 2, it's his favorite game ever, Half-Life 2, and then obviously the, the two episodes, and then it comes to this and it is so significant story-wise and he feels shut out from it and i and i do think there is something to be said about it being owed to the the flat screen that they finished the trilogy in flat screen but at the same time you know i i think we're all hoping that alex even as big as it is was kind of like the testing ground for a full-on gordon freeman crowbar uh you know like even like 20 hour incredible adventure um but i still think they could do half-life 3 and then if that takes what like three or four years maybe supplement vr users with more like lab style projects for a while and then come back to like portal vr or something like that uh, when i hear people complaining about half-life alex only being in vr i wonder what those people thought when sequels to games came out on consoles that yeah, they true. don't have i mean yeah. it's the same story this isn't new it's just a different piece of hardware well yeah but the barrier to entry is a lot higher isn't it it's not just a a new console well, it's potentially I mean, a, a console is a couple hundred bucks you know yeah but you, you then also don't have to have space in your house and stand up to play it well <laughs> i i do i i get you like as a obviously as a someone that believes that vr is pretty good uh, to me, it doesn't seem like that much of a hurdle, but I just have, have friends that I have, you know, I've worked in VR for seven years and I've not managed to convince them otherwise. So I do understand it. Do you really think that Valve would jump back to screener mode exclusively after doing mm. Half-Life Alex in, three, in VR? Well, I mean, that's the thing. That's the way the if you go read uh, Keeley's uh, paragraph and the chapters discussing this, it's not clear. It's like there's clearly different groups within Valve that want different things. And yeah. it's like, uh, I, I think there's still going to be a portion of Valve that is like, let's make another great VR game. It doesn't have to be Half-Life. It can be something else. Um, and the, the other team can go off and do Half-Life 3 if they really want to. I, But maybe, I mean, assuming they've already been working on it all this time, Let too. Um let me uh, let me read the quote because I got it here. Uh, privately, most of the team hopes that the next big thing will indeed be a full-scale Half-Life game built not for VR. Writes Keeley. Uh, I'm reading this from PC Gamer. But as a ga- uh, but as a game accessible across all traditional gaming platforms. So that I mean, first of all, that would be big because Valve hasn't been on console for a long time uh then he uh continues however uh he says that there's some doubt within the company uh as to whether valve will commit to a large-scale development project like that which is a bit odd if valve is a truly leaderless flat company this is pc gamer um as it has claimed to be uh what else what else what other quotes we're not afraid of half-life anymore said uh, valve designer phil co uh, phil co uh, going from Alex to a new big thing, which will be even bigger, is pretty exciting, said designer and programmer uh, Tijiv Kohili. Apologies if I uh, said that wrong. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, again, like, you, if Valve weren't going to do something with Half-Life, they wouldn't have done that ending because 
it's it would just be a crime to then make it another 20 years or another 13 years even before we got something significant so i you know even though they probably you know um denied about it to jeff Keighley, i have very little doubt that the next big thing they do is half-life 3 i could uh, i could live with it i could live with it guys, if it wasn't in vr guys are forcing me i'm no, gonna oh, have no. to go finish alex now oh all okay. right for you were right. gonna make a pun but that's, that's no, better no, no. yeah I, I could live with it could you live with it ian with with uh half-life 3 being on flat screen yeah not being on in vr I could live with it. I would just want to make sure that Valve is still working on VR games too. I, I yeah. The other thing I sort of like, as we were talking here, I was sort of fantasizing about one of those games where uh, a VR player is doing one thing and the PC player is doing another thing. And yeah, that yeah. There were rumors they were working on something like that too, but I mean, yeah, there's rumors of everything a about Valve. Game but... is what I mean. To be clear, like there's there's a couple games out there. There was that one. That was that was teased on Reddit that did so well, where the uh, VR player is sort of helping their platform mm. player across. Gaps. Oh yeah, so cool. And the comment was, "I know for a fact my friend is going to wait for the perfect moment to kill me by just yeah. pulling out the platform from under me." Mm. Absolutely right. But there's a lot of Akron, um, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. games that were really fun, but didn't have that kind of like hook to keep you coming back again and access massive yeah. audiences and that's what i get from that keely quote of like these games when we talk about rockstar and like them building gta 5 as a marquee game across three generations of consoles mm. right like that's the kind of game i imagine some of the people at valve want to make yeah and yeah, i don't know sure. half-life 3 is that but i'm sure someone at valve wants to make a game that's that scale yeah for sure I mean, the other thing they could do on the multiplayer front is like a VR slash non-VR Left 4 Dead. But I mean, they, I think recently they shot down any rumors they were doing that as well. But uh, that would be really, really cool. I don't know. We'll see. I Yeah, there's... I mean, Valve still has a hardware team, right? Um, oh, no. So, and I, I spoke I spoke to Jason Mitchell and Greg Coomer at Valve around the uh, the launch of Alex, and I asked them... Uh, specifically what a certain part of their ending might mean uh, that involved, let's, I mean, there's no way to say this non-spoilery, but let's say it involved certain melee actions. Uh, and they said, you could potentially interpret that as us throwing down the challenge to what would be cool for the hardware team to do next. So it it, it doesn't sound like the hardware team at Valve is sitting around, uh, sitting on their hands after shipping index, Um Maybe they've got. You know, a, maybe they're looking back at Vader now. Yeah, this discussion kind of made me wonder whether it, it it kind of if if the other team at Valve does go off and do Half Life Three flat screen, does that free up the Alex team to bring Alex to consoles in the coming years? You know, a VR yeah. version of for. I mean, Xbox I mean, again, like yeah, Xbox. like yeah, what we what we were talking about earlier with like Sony has to prove that Sony has to bring it on the software front. Alex has to be a part of that at the end of the day. Like, has to, has to, has to be a part of that. You have to announce PSVR 2 and pretty much in the same show say, yeah, Alex is coming to it. I personally believe that's a huge, huge win towards convincing everyone that console VR is going to be a big deal for the next uh, five years, five, ten years. Very good. All right. Do we have anything else we want to add to any of the pieces of news this week? Uh, I don't think so. 
Think Not like a it. very big day for VR news on our website. So go to uploadvr.com and check out all our stories where we break in all this down in a very short span of time. Obviously, we right before I came in here, uh, virtual desktop got uh, Guy Godin uh, said he made three million dollars in revenue on <laughs> Quest alone. And that's Which I uh, thought of that. That's good to know because Guy owes me twenty bucks. So <laughs> Guy, I'm, uh, I'm coming to collect, man. And then some. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, like Ian said, uh, definitely go to uploadvr.com. Check out all the awesome news that we've put out today and every other day for that matter. And when you're bored with that, which I can't imagine that ever happening, you can go to YouTube and check out Upload VR's YouTube page where there's all sorts of fun content, including this show and other stuff. I don't know, Jamie, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, we revamped the uh, VR recap recently. So uh, we give you video news bit faster a bit more snackable now which is a lot of fun uh and we're putting out some really really cool kind of lists and stuff like that uh this week we visited the five things we know about psvr2 uh look out tomorrow because we're going to have a big long kind of post-mortem slash spo uh, spoiler cast with ryan payton the director of iron man vr which is a really good hour-long chat go into in-depth a lot of story stuff in there a lot of the mechanic stuff in there already got a couple of quotes on the website about that so yeah, lots of really cool stuff coming up on YouTube. Wonderful. All right. And uh, for those of you who are in our YouTube chat, hello to all of you. And uh, I guess that's all for this week. So I want to swear thank I just everybody. saw a fly. <laughs> you what? I, I swear <laughs> I just saw a fly go past and I was like, that's a fly. And then in I thought, wait, no. What? I can't be How a fly. Possible? Heedy, did you oh, put flies he, in the show? We, we need, need insects. Get Jamie out of here. Uh, all it's right. Long. I need okay, Friday. everybody. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you in the future. Friday. Bye. Did you really see a...